welcome to Subject to Talent, brought to you by Allegis Global Solutions. Similar to you, we're always trying to learn more. On this podcast, we speak to workforce and talent experts from around the world, covering market trends, technology, and our ever-evolving dynamic industry. Hi, I'm Bruce Morton, the host of Allegis Global Solutions' Subject to Talent podcast. Today, I'm super excited to be joined by Keith Hausman. Keith's a leading voice in the sourcing of procurement domain and chief revenue officer at Globality, the world's first AI-powered platform and marketplace revolutionizing how companies buy and sell services. Welcome, Keith. Thank you so much, Bruce. Looking forward to uh, chatting and uh, having a good conversation. Great. Thank you for joining. So um, we always ask our guests the same first question. How did you get into the workforce industry and what was your journey to get you where you are to today? Yeah, I'll try to keep this succinct. Of course, nobody graduates from high school or goes to university thinking about that per se uh, as the journey or the career path. But um, after uh, leaving university, I, I, I found myself in several uh, procurement consulting, procurement startup businesses, uh, as well as working in industry and pharmaceutical and a number of other uh, companies. And um, ultimately, I've worked in the procurement space for now close to 30 years. And uh, as, as you think about workforce or labor, uh, as I've worked with Literally hundreds of companies over the last thirty years. Uh, you know, as it turns out, you know, spending money on labor-based services uh, is one of the largest things that that companies encounter. Uh, so, in particular, uh, over my time with Accenture and now with Globality, and previous to that, uh, a company I started called Procurian, we just spent a lot of time uh, in categories that are fundamentally workforce and labor driven and uh, found lots of ways over the years to create value, uh, improve processes and uh, uh, delight end users and customers around the experience in that space. Uh, but uh, ultimately, I found my way in here through uh, a career in procurement where services and workforce just became a you know dominating theme. Wow. Yeah, great. Okay. Well, thanks for that. Um, so right now, across I guess nearly all industries, there is a lot of conversation going on about redesigning the way work works, redesigning processes and technologies, just to make the whole thing better for everyone involved. And I know you and I have had these conversations, and I love to hear you talk about the consumerization of the enterprise. But for our listeners today, can you just explain what that means and how organizations like Globality are actually driving that trend of consumerizing the enterprise? Sure. I mean, I think at the heart of it is, uh, unfortunately, companies have probably designed many of their processes um, to control, drive compliance and things of that nature, rather than from the eyes of or through the lens of the business stakeholder. So the, the, the first principle of, of this consumerization is design process that is in the eyes of the user of the process rather than in the eyes of the controlling function, as may be the case. Because what otherwise happens is that people will find a way to go around the controls if the experience and the process and the technology being used uh, isn't uh, wonderful, comfortable, easy to use, etc. So that's the first concept is, you know, and when we think about consumerization, we think about what we do in our consumer lives, which generally is slicker, easier, simpler, faster than what we experience in our enterprise lives. So that's that's one concept. The second to me is making things more self-service. Um, 
you know, they're, you know, procurement and, and different functions and companies, they always talk about wanting to be at the table, you know, with their stakeholders. But the reality is there are thousands of tables out in the company, out in companies and procurement cannot keep up with all those, nor can HR or other sort of functions as may be the case. So how do you use self-service concepts to bring the procurement domain or the HR domain to the stakeholders on their terms and allow them to work, you know, in a self-service way? I think the third concept really is um, using artificial intelligence, natural language processing, et cetera, to guide people. Um, you know, much as we experience in our consumer lives, platforms in our consumer lives are very easy to understand. They are guided. You, you never get lost as to where you are. So it's really using, you know, AI to guide people through an experience where they don't need to be trained. They don't need to look up a user guide. They don't need to find a manual. Uh, they really just are guided through an experience using artificial intelligence that's easy to understand, follow, be compliant with, if you will. And I think the last part about it really is, um, I think we've all experienced this, but you know, again, in consumer lives, it's platforms or technologies that have a built-in learning component. In other words, they get to know you as an individual, or they get to know you as a company with individuals in it, and start to customize the experience to you what your persona is, what you normally do in work, uh, things you should be thinking about, um, uh, what other people in similar roles are doing in your company or outside your company. So it's really about sort of machine learning and taking every instance of what somebody does in the technology and using that to make it smarter and more personal for the next experience that you have or that others in your company have around that technology. Yeah, that's really interesting. I like that that personalization you're talking about there, and because I'm I'm old enough to remember when computers didn't know who I was, right? But now, wherever you go, right. it used to be annoying. But now it's annoying if they don't know who you are. What do you mean? Why are you ask? You know me. You know me better than I do. But we've all got comfortable with that, or to an extent of um, I want things to be personalized. So I think that element of the, through that machine learning, understanding the personas. So based on those three elements you just mentioned, what are the what are some of the big benefits you're seeing clients getting from the fact that you've got this AI and ML built into them? I think a couple. I think a few things, and, and, I'll, and I'll try to bring them to real life as, as we as we talk through through this morning. I mean, I think number one is speed to market. There isn't a company on on earth anymore that doesn't need or feel that they need to move faster. Um, and you know, traditional analog based procurement processes, no matter how you look at it, or no matter how hard you work, or how many hours a day you're in it, are not super fast. So I think speed to market and giving the business partners we're working with the ability to work as fast as they need to to accomplish what they need to. So that's one. I think the second one is a bit of an emotional one. It's empowerment, right? I mean, I think most companies' cultures is one of collaboration and empowerment. And the more you're able to give uh, a business partner or a community within your organization the ability to be compliant, but also feel emotionally empowered, the more likely it is that they adopt and they engage and they want to do it more and so forth and so on. So I think empowerment is another one. Much more efficient is another. I mean, uh, there are so many things that in my past life and you know, growing up in the you know, traditional sourcing world that just are very inefficient. They take a lot of time. Uh, you know, the spreadsheet analysis and the sending of RFPs and the coordinating of NDAs and all that. Um, so much more efficient. And I think 
everyone in every enterprise today needs more bandwidth, either to be more strategic or to do more work or both. So I think efficiency is huge. Um, ESG, um, uh, I think, is another one. Um, if you don't have a simple, easy to use consumer like you know, platform to find, engage, and include different flavors, types, sizes uh, of, of suppliers, it, it makes it very hard to make that social impact and to have that transparent governance around the process. And I think last but not least, you know, is certainly um, more bang for the buck in the spend or savings or however you want to think about that, meaning, you know, the quality of what work gets done is driven by, I think, the process and the technology. But also, um, I can be, I can spend less if I define my needs and my scopes correctly and accurately. And if I expose those competitively to enough suppliers to really have choice and best value. Right, I want to come on to the suppliers in a second because I know you've, uh, globally doing some amazing work in, leveling the playing field there but just before we get to that when i think about that the smart sourcing piece of this gets to know the user gets to understand the persona advising them guiding them almost sherpa like helping them along the journey what is what are some right. of the benefits you've seen from that element of it specifically you know is it is this a procurement tool or is this does this foster collaboration board people able to work together on this platform just just talk to that for a minute well, on that specific question or point, um, yes, I think analog processes by definition, analog meaning things involving, you know, I'm, I'm using Outlook, I'm using, you know, spreadsheets, I'm using SharePoints. These are analog processes are very difficult to collaborate, right? Because they're, they're asynchronous and people don't see what other people are saying or doing or whatever may be the case. So in our platform, our customers would say, you know, and I, and I, and I, and I, I don't mean to be, you know, they would say there is a hundred percent collaboration and visibility and transparency. So, for example, when they're building a a scope of work or a scope or a demand or requirement, if, if you will, they're inviting three or four of their compatriots in their company to engage, answer questions, think about the scope, get it right, make sure they, you know, agree on budgets and timelines and, you know, what suppliers should be included or not included, all happening transparently on the platform. And likewise, with suppliers. I mean, again, most of what sourcing in its traditional sense is, is analog and asynchronous. Uh, all of that in, you know, in a platform can be made conversational, saved, stored. I'm broadcasting to all suppliers. I'm conversing with a single supplier, um, but all done in a single place. And I've had customers say, you know, something as simple and brilliant as, wow, this is perfect. It's a one-stop shop for everything that goes on from the time I have a need to the time I have an agreement with that supplier um, and where I can see all of the history and all of my internal partners as well as my supply partners can see what's happening yeah um that, that makes a ton of sense so coming back to the the supply base or the supply chain or the supplier ecosystem i know that globality's mission is to promote what you call economic inclusion which obviously is a very admirable mission um and a very relevant for today's world i think you know every c-suite right. conversation now is about not just how can we remain financially stable and be successful and be competitive, but at the same time, figure out how they can positively impact the world and make it more fair and equitable. Um, can you talk more, a bit more for the audience about Globalis's mission behind that? Yeah, sure. Um, and, and, and what we do is actually at the heart, complicated, but simple. Um, and that, that may seem like a contradiction, but at the end of the day, 
the the biggest bottleneck in my opinion to including small diverse specialized um, um, suppliers is we don't know about them we don't know who they are and and we don't have ways to find them in a simple instantaneous manner you know and as much as google's an amazing thing that changes our lives you really can't go into google and say you know find me a diverse supplier that you know that does legal services in southeastern united states i mean it just it just doesn't work that way so what our platform uh, does and what we've sort of built around it is a network of some 30,000 suppliers that we vet and qualify every quarter of the year ongoing um, and that have deep and rich profiles about their capabilities, about their teams, their biographies, their case studies, that we, when somebody is in the midst of sourcing something or trying to buy something, we instantaneously use algorithms to match those suppliers, qualified, vetted, diverse, small business, specialized suppliers to the need the customer has at the moment when they're trying to go to market to buy that service. So it's it's um, it's basically for us, it's cure building and constantly building and curating the supply market, but also creating this, you know, AI based way to match those suppliers to the needs a customer has at the exact moment when they have the need. So they don't have to go offline and look in a database or talk to their friends or uh, call one of the, you know, the, the industry organizations. It's right there for them. Um, and in our work, about 80 to 90% of all requirements that people create on our platform are matched with at least one diverse or small businesses, if not multiple. Um, and customers constantly cite that as to them amazing. Um, now, of course, those suppliers still have to earn the customer's business, but their qualifications, their capabilities, their case studies, their bios are brought right to the forefront at the moment when the customer has a need. So within that ecosystem, is there a democratization of the the performance here so that the cream rises to the top is that is that a good way of describing it or am i off there well i think inherent in what globality does is using quality performance ratings to inform the algorithms meaning that, you know perhaps the most important thing of all is um how is a supplier performing at the comp at a company or across companies um, and crowdsourcing that information. Because as we know in our in our consumer lives, we're constantly looking for the the five-star hotel, the five-star you know, piece of electronics, the five-star restaurant, the, you know, and and consumers in companies really are deprived of knowing that, right? I mean, you know, they're, they know as much as the supplier tells them or gives them a reference to talk to, which is potentially pretty darn biased. So we are crowdsourcing information about how suppliers are performing in the proposal and delivery processes so that people have another piece of information to rely on their decision making, you know, other than the sort of the self-fulfilling prophecy of I gave you a reference, which is, you know, to me, you know, it's just a, it's not a super accurate way of really measuring. Am I talking to a supplier that is viewed as high quality for the type of work I would like to get done? Yeah, great. That, that explains it really well. Thank you. So um, let's just dig into some real world examples here. So if you think about some of those clients who've been, you know, 
the smarter ones who got on board earlier. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, what are these, some of the advantages and benefits that they've seen now over a period of time that you're seeing are repeatable and almost become institutionalized? Yeah, I'll talk about a couple of customers, obviously, completely anonymously um, is the right, just the right thing to do. And I've kind of hit on some of the benefits um, before, so I'll try to hone in on them more specifically. But um, one of our customers is, you know, a Fortune 50 company um, and a very advanced company. I mean, they're, they're, you know, leading the way in probably everything they do, including procurement and, and things of this nature. Um, and you know, so they're always looking for what's next, and I, you know, call it a you know early adopter, if you will, or a what's next, uh, pushing the envelope type company. And I think a few things that they're experiencing um, that they view as important. Uh, number one, I talked about that hundred percent collaboration uh, concept before. Um, they're experiencing that; they love that. There are thousands, if hundreds, if not thousands of people collaborating day in and day out on sourcing processes, all in one space on a single platform with transparency and visibility. So they love that. That's one thing. Two, um, as evidence of that, you know, and I, it's a company again, that sort of prides themselves on, do our business stakeholders love our love procurement? Do they love the way we do things or do they not? Right. Cause they, they care about that. Um, and they're experiencing a, uh, a nine out of 10, uh, NPS score for what they're doing with their business stakeholders in our platform. And this is kind of unheard of. If you kind of, you know, if you Google search the NPS scores of most enterprise technology, you'd be shocked at how low some of the NPS scores are. So they get a very high degree of, you know, customer or stakeholder love, if you will, out of what they're doing on our platform. In fact, to the point where we start to see quotes of like, why don't we do everything on this platform kind of uh, comments, which of course we love. Um, they're seeing savings on the spend uh, of 15.2% on average. Okay, that's important. Uh, that's a function of competition. That's a function of uh, accurate and clear scopes, demand management, things of that nature. Um, and they are seeing the time to market. Um, in other words, from the time a, a business person says, I need to do something with a service provider to the time they're in the market, you know, engaged of less than two business days, compressed from less than several weeks. Um, so, that, you know, a, a huge business agility um, benefit. Um, and, a, and a pretty significant efficiency improvement, you know, or in other words, how much work can a procurement person do when they're, when the, a lot of the heavy lifting is being done through technology rather than, you know, loading RFX platforms and, you know, manipulating spreadsheets and so forth and so on. So that's one example. Uh, another customer, you know, in some ways maybe quite different, right? I mean, it just, it's, a, I wouldn't say the opposite of the spectrum, but um, just a, a less mature uh, procurement organization. And the, probably the biggest benefit I think they have is that when they engaged us some, you know, two years ago, the idea was we want to create a different operating model. We want our, our human procurement talent to be top, top end but not engaged in doing transactional work. So they wanted an operating model that was, I use the word truly human, you know, where the humans were doing high-end relationship strategy, you know, thinking, uh, engaging with their business partners and suppliers, innovating with suppliers. They wanted them engaged in that work. And they wanted technology to do, I'll say, the, the, the guts of 
you know, how do we source something? How do we get an SOW in place? <clears throat> how do we engage suppliers? And they've achieved that operating model uh, effect, you know, simply by combining globality or glow with their very high end talent, which is lean and mean, but at the end of the day, very effective when it's been combined with our technology. Um, this company also is very, very ESG focused. Um, you know, we, we, we not only work with procurement, but diversity and inclusion office um, and the the, the things we've done together to really bring diverse suppliers to the forefront, you know, in the markets they work on, in the projects they have, has been really well received and, and, and effective for them. Um, and I think they're also accessing spend they never could touch before, partly because of the multiplier effect of the operating model, but partly because the stakeholders are more willing to engage um, in something that they like um, and that's easy for them to use and that fits their lifestyle. We all know during the pandemic, which unfortunately is still sort of going on, you know, people don't work, you know, eight hours a day in the office. They work uh, three hours here and four hours there and five hours there and it's never in the office. So I think they really, the stakeholders really find it easy to be, to engage because they don't have to wait for you know, a procurement person to be, you know, at work and ready to go to do the, you know, the heavy lifting of the process. Right. And just on that point then, just to hammer that home for the listeners. So you're saying lean and mean procurement departments, that means that this allows an organization to increase adoption because it's an enjoyable tool to use and speed and efficiency. I think you mentioned that there was some pretty compelling um, time differences mm -hmm. and using this system to nod. Is that is that like an overarching impact you see that instead of people avoiding procurement, they're actually getting them involved earlier because they get access to Glow? Yeah, Glow is uh, our customers almost start to become <laughs> think they're in a relationship with Glow, which I guess they sort of are. So yes, I, I sometimes use the term Glow uh, inter interchangeably with globality. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's that's right. I mean, you know, we're all humans, and I think for the most part, humans like to be empowered. They like to have some autonomy. They like to be able to do things at their own speed, pace, time. You know, and I and I and I, and, and to not necessarily. Um, feel like they're kind of being brought through something that they're not particularly enjoying or willing to do or seeing value in. So, uh, yes, I think that empowerment and that self-service and, you know, being easy for a business stakeholder to engage is, is a super important part of the whole thesis here. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Okay. So we're coming to the end of the episode now. So um, another question we'd like to ask everybody that we uh, have on as a guest is the crystal ball moment. So get ready. <laughs> so if you had a crystal ball, um, looking a few years out, you can pick your own time timeline, but where do you see the industry of procurement moving towards and how would it look different to what it does today? Yeah. I mean, I, I made the, the earlier point that I've been around the procurement space, uh, services spend, labor-based spend for a long time. Um, and unfortunately for virtually all of that 30 years, you know, procurement's been run on spreadsheets and, you know, some technologies and lots of, you know, lots of outlook, lots of SharePoint, et cetera. So I do think the crystal ball says that's ending. Um, there is modern technology being invested in by globality, but also other companies that are very well venture fu uh, funded that are bringing a different day and time and place to the technology world. And I think 
you know, in my lifetime, um, we will, or my career, I'll say, uh, we will see sort of the end of, of procurement being a very analog uh, type process, which unfortunately today it's still very much uh, it is, although, you know, certainly globality is at the, at the front of trying to change that. And I think that's, that'll happen. So that's one. I think two, um, I haven't mentioned this before, but you could think of globality as a marketplace. Um, you know, customers, we have many customers that say, you know, you're a marketplace. Yes, we are a marketplace. And I think that it's not surprising that a huge amount of what we do in our B2C world, you know, is done in marketplaces. Uh, Airbnb is a marketplace. VRBO is a marketplace. Amazon's a marketplace. Alibaba is a marketplace. There's, you know, a huge amount. And we just see statistics every day about, you know, the, the hundreds of billions and trillions of dollars, you know, going through marketplaces. And I think that there will be a day in the not distant future where a huge amount of enterprise spend will also be satisfied through marketplaces. Um, starting to see it now, um, and I think that will ever increase. And you know, as you know, many of your customers probably refer to what they do in the contingent labor place as a labor marketplace, and in fact, that's what it is. Um, and we are creating sort of this, you know company and broader services marketplace. And I think that, you know, you go before a few years, 70, 80% of these kinds of spends are going to be marketplace driven. Um, and I think the last, which I've already, you know, kind of touched on a, a few times, but um, is um, the walls will be broken down um, where it's hard for a big company to find and do business with a diverse or small company. It is hard. It has been hard over the years. And I think those walls will come down and it will become easier for big companies without jeopardizing, you know, their, their risk and their, you know, and their standards to find and engage and do great work with uh, smaller and diverse suppliers who in many cases are just as good as anybody else at doing what that thing is, that specialized thing is. And I think those walls are coming down more and more. And I think that, um, you know, companies, enterprises and companies like Globality are, are really after how do we accelerate that trend? Yeah, that's fantastic. And I'm excited about that. I, couldn't be more on board with you with those thoughts. And uh, yeah, having been in the industry for 40 plus years, I'm hoping in my career, uh, we get to that nirvana. Uh, but Keith, it's been great chatting with you today. And I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. So where should our listeners go if they want to learn more about globality? Well, um, of course, our website is a good place to go, um, www.globality.com. Um, and uh, otherwise, uh, happy to have them reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, easy to find. Uh, Keith Hausman, Chief Revenue Officer of Globality. Fantastic. Thanks, Keith. Thank you very much, Bruce. Great talking with you. To learn more about AGS, please check us out at ElegisGlobalSolutions.com. You can also send questions for me or our guests. Just tweet us here at Allegis Global with the hashtag subject to talent or email us at subject to talent at leadersglobalsolutions.com. And if you enjoyed our podcast today, please subscribe, rate us and leave a review. Until next time, cheers.